I'm Tara Aldridge, and you're listening to The Smart Woman Show. I believe that every woman has a powerful, profitable, and impactful business inside of them that God has called them to create. This podcast is for women who have a deep sense that they want more, more out of life, relationships, and business. This show is going to give you the tools to be everything God created you to be by sharing strategies, tactics, and heart-centered lessons so you can stop stopping yourself at the fear of the unknown and finally take your inspired vision and turn it into an impactful business. There's no excuses here. Are you ready to commit? Let's do this. Awesome, Lucas Mattiello. Am I saying hey. that right? That is perfect that right? pronunciation, and that never I happens. I love it. I love it. I, I <laughs> I'm pretty good with my accents, but I thought, oh, maybe it's Mattiello, and then I was gonna get it wrong. Welcome to the Smart Woman Show. Hey, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. You know, we are so lucky to have you because, well, and and even just even for myself, I'm gonna pick your brain about this whole TEDx thing, you guys. Oh, yeah. Lucas is the official TEDx speaking coach. So I recommend that after this interview, if you don't get your questions answered about speaking, uh, get in contact with him because he's a big deal. So what I loved about you, and when I was digging into just doing some research, mm -hmm. is that you're one of those guys, and there's not very many of you out there, okay. that okay. are vulnerable, you're loving, you speak from your heart, and it's not, it doesn't seem to be anyways. Now I'm sure maybe your girlfriend or maybe, I don't know, your wife, I'm not sure what your romantic situation, maybe she would say something different, okay. <laughs> but you seem to operate from this space all the time. Is that true? Yeah, for, for a lot of it, for sure. Because, uh, I mean, it wasn't always that way, but now I realize that vulnerability is strength and also in order to truly be free, we have to drop the mask. And so to drop the mask, we have to drop the armor that hides these fears. And, and as you go on that journey, it's like, yeah, you could be judged, but you're also not having to keep juggling all these different storylines and masks. And it just, your life becomes a lot easier when you're not afraid of putting yourself out there. Tell me if you can, if you, if you, if you agree with this or not, I feel like Th these words, authenticity, vulnerability, power, uh, people are becoming desensitized to them. Mm -hmm. And, and I really, I, I mean, yes, there's a lot of people operating from this space. They're doing the training, they're doing the work, but it actually takes a lot of, of deep work to get to a point where you can operate from your heart center and you can be vulnerable. And so I feel that there's a whole group of people out there that are like, okay, be vulnerable but that doesn't make any sense to them right? because it actually takes a lot to be vulnerable in this world. So I'm wondering if for the, for the woman listening right now, if she's feeling like this is a, this is a word that just keeps going over her head and she's trying to achieve something that doesn't make any sense to her, give her some steps to access this authentic place. Beautiful. Tara, that's a great point that you bring up. And, and this authenticity it is getting thrown around a lot. And I feel that there's a big piece. But before we even get to there, it's, it's important, in my opinion, to honor why the, the, the mask, why the armor is up in the first place. And that's a piece that I feel most people, because it's easy to tell somebody, say, hey, just get vulnerable. Just put yourself out there. It's like, okay. But you're disregarding, you know, the years, the decades that have built up the armor because at a core level, this is about survival. 
This is about the fear of truly being seen and heard, which in my opinion are the greatest fears people have in today's world. And so first we have to acknowledge, well, why was that mask? Why was that armor put up? And what are you afraid of being exposed to the world? And once the person's aware of that, then they can start going, well, how can I slowly start to open up? Because it's, it's not, it can be really frustrating because a person in their, in their mind, you know, cognitively, they can understand. So a woman listening to this can go, yeah, I need to just open up. It's like, okay. But then there's this other piece that's saying like, your survival is dependent on you not being hurt. And so we have to, we have to acknowledge both sides and then we can start moving that forward. Lucas, I've been doing deep work, deep leadership training for, mm -hmm. you know, coming up onto two years now. Awesome. And I've been coaching for two years and I've seen great success and I still have a hard time with being vulnerable. And the feedback that I get, it's like, Hey Tara, like we want to see you. I mean, as people, we want to see each other. Right. And so the masks that we're, that you're talking about, yeah. like there, there has to be a way, like how can we penetrate some of these traumas? So here's what I, here's what I'm hearing you say. It's like, there's traumas from when we were little. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. That's out there. We've all got our stuff. Nobody had a perfect childhood. So how can we start to step into de like deprogramming or reprogramming maybe is the word reprogramming ourselves to knowing that we're worthwhile to, you know, knowing that we, our voice matters and that we can share our heart and not be scared. Like what about this fear thing? How do we get over it? Come on, give us the answer. Yes, the answers. Well, look, the one thing I will say is the answer is always inside of you. And so I, I feel that, you know, it, it might sound silly for someone who coaches people to put themselves out there to say, look, the real guru is yourself. And I, I think a lot of coaches, one of the, they'll be scared to say that because, but if you look at it from a true inner confidence standpoint, yeah, you can listen to somebody, you can listen to a mentor or a guru or read a book, and that's going to give you the spark of where to look. But ultimately, this is about you versus you. Mm. And I feel that, you know, people get hooked into these different groups and it's like their powers are, I need to go there because they're going to give me the answers. Like, no, like take your power back. Now, the other piece that you mentioned was, you know, putting your voice out there. It's yeah, people come to me and they're, you know, they're, they typically say, I want to find my voice. I'm like, no, this isn't about finding your voice. This is about reclaiming your voice. You had that voice when you were born, when you were young. But uh, Gabor Mate, who's a you know addictions, well, he's a doctor specialized in addictions. He has this really great concept of attachment versus authenticity. And so, when we're born, you are completely dependent on your parents to for survival. They feed you, they take care of all your needs. You can't take care of yourself. But yet, on the other hand, you're fully authentic. You're fully self-expressed. You're screaming. You're putting yourself out there. But then your parents are going to say, hey, keep it down. You're a little bit too loud. You know, tone it down. And so then, you know, this child has a decision to make. It's do I tone down and give up some of my authenticity for survival or do I stay authentic and get and, and not do what my parents want? And so there's this trade-off that happens. And so this comes up. People go, they'll speak in school. They'll put themselves out there. They were embarrassed. They were maybe bullied in, in high school. They're so they create this fear that it's dangerous and it's not safe to put yourself out there. And so that's the piece that we got to look at this whole authenticity piece. It's about looking at that there's a trade off and that it is not safe to speak. Like that's a big thing. Any woman that's listening to this right now, this safety, I had a client the other day, she was talking she's like, I'll do presentations. I like to do presentations when I know they're going to go well. I'm like, that's not reality. 
Right. You're not going to know that. So what can you do instead? What are you afraid of? Well, I'm afraid of looking bad. It's like, okay, but what if you look good? In order to look good, you have to possibly look bad. And that's the piece. It's that, that uncertainty. I am so grateful that you said that because I, I mean, I can relate to that. The fear of looking bad the, or, or, or also here's another one that I think women especially deal with. It's like, well, maybe I should just ask a bunch of people if I should do this. Totally. <laughs> we love to do that. And I think men do too, but I think women are like, okay, so we get this idea and then we weigh it against like five or 10 of our friends. And then we get the feedback and we make our decision on what other people think. Yeah. Right. And what if we just made that decision ourselves? Well, then that would also require taking full responsibility. And so mm -hmm. that's the problem. I, when I was younger, I was playing hockey. I was a competitive goalie. And my goalie coach, I, I asked him like, hey, do you think I should continue this path and go for it? You know, what do you think? And he's like, I'm not going to make that decision for you because you're looking for an excuse. You're looking for a reason that if you go for it and it doesn't work out, you can blame me. And I'm not gonna do that. He goes, if you wanna go for it, you're doing it for yourself. Now the problem with asking your, your friends for their opinions is that everyone has a different point of view, but also how often do people share and they'll project their insecurities onto you? They'll say like, oh hey, starting a business is dangerous. It's like, well, is it really dangerous or is it something that you are not willing to do or you don't wanna take that risk? Mm -hmm. But people will often project it onto. So it's getting these, you know, feedback, it's like, yeah, it's good. But I find that it's typically you're hedging your bet to say, if I fail, I, I have somebody else to blame. But also it's like you're disconnected from yourself. But also asking for what you really want, that's a big challenge. Mm -hmm. So that's a okay, piece. Okay, 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 okay. So and this, this coming from a, from a guy Yes. I always love having male perspective on the show because um, I think, you know, men are just so powerful in being able to do just that, just saying what they want, asking for what they want. And women, because I think that we've gone through this repression and we have, and we're on the rise and all the cool things. It's like, how do we ask for what we want in a powerful way? Because I had this moment with my husband where I was going to invest $15,000 in a coaching program. and I've never had to ask for permission, but I didn't have the money to do it. I had to put it on a credit card. Now my husband had the money to do it, but the way that I asked him was really disempowering. And I was mm. kind of whining about it. I was like, mm, you know, like, oh, I just want to spend $50,000. And instead of like coming from a place of, Hey, listen, I know I've done 15 multi-level marketing companies and started a photography business and started like a makeup line and all the things. Sure. And I failed and I never followed through and I'm going to do this too. Right. right. And so how can women come from that place of power and ask for what they want in a powerful way? Like you describe what men just do. They just say what they want and they just get it done. Wow. I mean, even that though, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that it's that easy for men as well. I think maybe women definitely from a conditioning standpoint and a repression standpoint, there's, there's a lot more, I guess, unconditioning, you know, or, or reconditioning that's needed to really get to that place. It's like, well, what do I want? Because if you look typically, and I, I feel that women today, especially if, if mothers, like, mm -hmm. There's so many expectations and people are just, they're, they're just being pulled apart. It's like, you can't be 
the perfect wife and the perfect mother and the perfect boss or employee and, and maintain all these other things. It's, it's, it's hard. So they're getting pulled apart. And I feel that to that, it's, one, it's about being honest with yourself, but also being able to say like, look, I don't have to be amazing at all. I mean, that's okay. A lot of that inner critic. Well, I don't think I don't think men have it that easy. I, I, I feel that most men struggle with vulnerability. It's different though. I just feel that's different because men have to give themselves more permission to show their vulnerable side or that it's okay. I mean, the, the stereotypes is that, you know, real men don't cry and, and you hold yeah. your emotions in. It's like, okay, well, is that the case? Because where does that typically lead? Well, all that pent up, you know, emotion, that's going to lead to, I was at a training recently and they asked, it was about the, the it was the nice guy. It was no more Mr. Nice Guy training by uh, Dr. I want to say Glover. Awesome training. But anyways, he asked the guys, he's like, how many guys have had gambling problems? And like half the room puts their hand up. How many people have had prostitution problems, sex addicts, drug addiction, alcohol addiction? Like majority of the room had a problem with one of these. And he's like, when you keep repressing your truth, mm. it shows up in other ways. You need that outlet. And so I just feel, so anyways, I just want to qualify. I think for men, ask for what they want, while it may be easier, I think everyone struggles. Now, how, how can a woman do that? Look, I feel that even, you know, from what you mentioned about, it's like the past, you know, investments and the failures in the MLM businesses and all this, it, it's really standing because a challenge can be for persons like, oh, the partner could go, oh, there we go. They're going to blow 15 grand again. They're going to get all excited and blow it. And then I'm going to have to deal with this again. And, and that can be disempowering for the person when they're asking, because are they asking for themselves right now in this moment, or have they carried forward their past failures and been like, Oh man, uh, you know, are they going to hold this against me if it doesn't work out? That's a big piece because that honest conversation needs to be had. Because mm -hmm. if, if, if you don't, if you take this and it doesn't work out how you want it, is your partner going to stand with you and support you or are they going to use it against you? Like, that's a piece, these covert contracts that can come up. Do you think it's possible, Lucas? I mean, when you said, and this is just really your opinion. I just want to hear from your heart. Sure. Because this is the second time this is coming up in the last two days. Our pastor just said what exactly what you said on in the, in his sermon yesterday, and he said, you know, women are expected to be the best mom, have the cleanest house, have be the best wife, and have this like kick ass business, like seven figures. Forget about six figures. Forget about high six figures. Like these are seven figure bombs we're dropping. Like, is it possible? Well, this might seem like a cop-out, but here's the other piece that I would ask. I feel the question before that is, do you really want it? Uh -huh. And like, and, and I'm not even saying from a, like, you have to be committed, like that type of, that type of questioning. It's, do you even want the seven-figure business or are you buying into the narrative of that's what you need to do to be successful? Because, so a lot of this, I look at even from confidence, there's external confidence and internal. And one of the biggest challenges that keep coming up with my clients is that they're focused on external. So external is going to be comparison trap. What are other people doing? It's like, well, do you even, do you even want to have a seven figure business? Maybe you want to make 150 grand a year and live a very balanced lifestyle and not have a team. Cool. Maybe you want to have a massive team and you want an eight figure business, but that's the whole thing. It's just when, when people tap into themselves, what do you want? Not what do you see other people doing? Because, I don't, I don't think anybody has it on, but can you be happy with what you actually have? I think that's the biggest piece to it. Yeah. Could you, could you have the, I mean, I saw this about the Super Bowl yesterday. Let's talk about that. 
I go online and people are shitting on JLo. And I, I go through the comments. They're like, oh, you know, that was gross. And that was, uh, that I, some people, it's like, I, I had to block the screen. I don't watch my children watching porn. I'm like, dude, that's not porn at all. <laughs> like, I've never watched porn. Right, exactly. I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? It's like, and, so then, and then there's people pushing back to like, you know, you're a prude, blah, blah. And so the, it, it actually got, it, it brought up a lot. But I, I was going through the comments. And one thing that I kept saying up, people were talking about JLo and how she's 50. And they're like, yeah, well, if I was famous and I had that much money, I'd look like that too. No, you, you probably wouldn't. You <laughs> probably wouldn't. Because it's not about the money. It's about she committed to that before. She became J-Lo about the actions when she was a nobody. And so that, that's the piece when she was Jenny from the block starting up. So I think that drive and she had a, a clear vision and she focused and went for it. And so people are, they're quick to, I feel that people are quick to make excuses for their, for their failures. They're quick to make excuses. Yeah. I think you're so bang on. And JLo's the bomb. Who cares what anybody says? And let's face it, halftime shows are meant to be controversial. That's why everybody loves them. <laughs> Come on. Go. So let's go to, let's switch gears. Yep. I love your heart. I think you're awesome. And let's switch gears to what it looks like to take your heart to a stage. Right? Yeah. And like, obviously that's scary. I think that it's statistically proven that, um, women, like not women, but um, getting on a stage is the number one scare or what's it called paranoia fear paranoia there's there's a specific word i'm looking for but it doesn't matter but it's scary right to get on a stage yes and people fear that so number one how do you get over that can you get over that do you ever get over that and what how can you use that energy to help you get on a stage all right so yes it's a you know top fear but okay so it's a top fear correct but there's people that do it. So there's evidence it's possible. Now, why bringing it back, I do feel that this is about humans, or this is females listening to this, women reclaiming their voice. Because mm -hmm. you were born with it, you were born fully self-expressed, then you got shut down, you got dimmed, parents, school, society, partners, expectation, whatever it was, you dimmed your light. Mm -hmm. Now it's a point of recognizing, okay, I've been dimmed, I want to reclaim what's rightfully mine and I'm going to put it out there. And so then the other piece too, stages, yes, it brings up fear, but it's an opportunity for you actually to heal. So never mind making an impact. You know, you're a mission entrepreneur, but at the core, I just had a client, she's 21. She did a talk on Sunday. Uh, she does uh, cosmetic, she does lips, uh, like tattoo, permanent tattoo makeup. First ever talk, 21, at a conference in, in Cancun and in front of 200 people. And she was, she was really afraid, but she took my course the week before and she went up there and she did it. She's like, it felt so amazing because I felt like I belonged up there. And that's the piece. So there's a, yes, it's the ability to make an impact externally, get up there, inspire. You're put on a platform. People are looking at you because you're doing something that most people are too afraid to do. Mm -hmm. But on a self-healing, there's a huge worthiness component that comes up there. It's like, are you worthy of being on that stage? Are you worthy of taking people's time? Are you comfortable being looked at? And so, yeah, of course, you can, you can overcome it. It's, it's like going to the gym. If, if you went to the gym consistently, would you have doubt that you would get stronger? No. No. It's I like, oh, it's, it's a muscle. It's a muscle. That just like you do it. Now, the, the piece, though, is the inner critic. That's the real key to it. 
Okay. So how do you quiet that inner critic? Well, first you acknowledge it and you embrace it. Mm-hmm. But second, if you look at the fears, what are the top fears? I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to freeze. I don't want to offend somebody. I don't want to make a mistake. I, 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 they're all ego statements. All ego. It's all, you are free. So when we look at it is a lot of my clients, they're successful, but their fear of going on that stage, that next level. Okay. This requires you putting yourself out there to be seen and heard again, in my opinion, greatest fear on the planet. Greatest fear a person has is to put themselves out there because they can be rejected. But the other piece though, is that when you put yourself out there, it's proving that you can do it. So you need to shift it around that. This isn't about you because the fear is about them losing the reputation. You can be an amazing entrepreneur. You know, your woman has a great business, but when you put yourself out there, it's a possibility for people to say, oh, she's not as good as others make her out to be. So it's that right. ego and that fear. Right? Oh, that's so true. I, I'm constantly telling myself, my business is not about me. My business is not about me. It's about going out and serving. And some people you can serve, some people you can't. You've got your people. So you mentioned you have a course. Yep. So does your course prepare people for stages? Yes. Yeah. It's uh, speak with confidence. And what it does is it, it just, well, we get video cameras. So they, they get a baseline video of themselves and then we watch it as a group. And that, that brings up a lot for people because one is bring up your inner critic directly. And then two is you got to do it with other people and you got to show and it looks like, Ooh, I, and then people look at it and they go either I'm not as bad as I thought, which is really powerful. Or they go, wow, this is way worse than I expected. Listen, I think that even if you have no plans to get on a stage, that this type of work is important. So, okay, I want to know more about this Speak With Confidence course, even like for myself, because I'm always looking to better my speaking. Um, I've got stages coming up this year that I'm nervous to get on. Mm-hmm. Full disclosure, I'm nervous to get on them. Some of them are sponsored stages. I've paid $10,000 to speak on a stage in February, and I still don't know what I'm going to say. And yeah, I, I just, you know, because I'm making it about me when really what I want to say is already in my heart. It's, it's already mm-hmm. there. I don't need to say anything different than what I'm already going to say. And so I'd like to know more about that course. We're going to drop the URL um, somewhere in this podcast link. You'll find it somewhere. And then my, my, my last question for you in the essence of time is how do you know when you're ready to step on a stage? Ah, great question. Great question. This comes down to inner permission and that is it. So what happens? People go external for permission, but we have to go internal. So for example, I commonly hear this, oh, uh, I need, you know, I need more experience before I can speak on that stage. I need more credibility. I had a client that she had a PhD and two masters. And when we got into the training, I was like, what are your fears? She goes, I just don't feel like I'm credible enough. Like, this credible enough, right? I go, you want another PhD? What, what do you want? Well, that would help. No, it wouldn't help. This is about giving yourself permission today. So as you mentioned, Tara, what is in your heart, if you allow yourself to come from there, to know that, connect with the audience, go, okay, I'm here to help you. And you brought up a great point that you can't serve everybody. And that's actually a great thing. So even if you're, if you're listening to this and you're giving a talk or even a video, I call it the 20-20-60 technique. And it's that 20% of the audience is going to love you regardless of what you say. 20% are going to hate you regardless of what you say. And 60, they're on the fence. They can go either way. Now, people are going to love you, your style, your message, the way you show up. But the same reason that people are going to love you, other people are going to hate you. 
And so it's really about embracing because one of the biggest mistakes people make is they want to win the entire audience over. They want to be loved by it. It comes from people pleasing. And it, what happens is you lose yourself. You lose your ability because you're, you're like a chameleon. You're making stories up. Oh, she's on her phone. That means she's checked out. Oh, I need to pay my attention to try to win her over. You lose yourself on that stage. So by coming back and going, okay, I'm speaking my truth. And, and this is who I'm speaking to. You speak very specifically. If you are this type of person, I'm here to help you achieve your goals. When you do that, you shift the focus onto them and you give yourself permission to go. You give yourself permission and you speak your truth. That's it. I, I love it. I love it. You, you're so interesting to me, Lucas, because you, what you do with leveluploving.com, like that's, your, yep. that's what you do. Level Up Living is your company. You teach people how to speak. But what you're really teaching people to do is open up their hearts. Absolutely. And believe in themselves. And I think what you're doing is so on point and so powerful. Like I'm just, I'm so grateful that people like you have given themselves permission to go out there and serve others in this way. And I know it probably isn't easy for you and it wasn't easy for you to get started. And I just want to thank you for your service to the world. Oh, oh thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned because even on my, my sales calls, whenever I get a call with somebody, I say, look, I ask them, are you open to personal development? And sometimes I go, yeah, why? I'm like, I thought this was public speaking. I go, I'll be upfront with you. This is a bait and switch. It's absolutely, it's a bait and switch. I draw people in saying that it's public speaking training. And yeah, it's true. But this is really personal development because for you to put yourself out there to shine, the only person, this is you versus you. This is your fears, your insecurities, your inner critic. Now, even with the inner critic for the listeners, when you're putting yourself out there, ask yourself, the default is a laundry list of everything you hate about yourself. And that's where the self-confidence takes a hit. Instead, when you look at it, I ask two questions. One, what did you do well? Start yourself building yourself up. And two, what will I refine for the next time? Because people do, they do the one trial. Oh, it didn't go perfect. Okay, I'll never do this again. No, no, no. You got to come back and keep building. And But when you come back and you start with what you did well, you're giving yourself credit, building up. And then the other piece is what we refine for the next time. That's where you get moving forward. Yeah, I love it. Lucas, thank you so much. I can't, I just, I can't wait to work with you. I'm so excited to work with you. I'm going to chat with you after the show. Thank oh, you guys for tuning in to the smart woman show today. Find Lucas Mattiello on Instagram and leveluploving.com and join his course. If you're going to be hitting a stage, you want to join his course first so that you can build the confidence, find your truth and speak from your heart. We'll see you later. I want to thank you for listening and subscribing to The Smart Woman Show. My vision for you is that you would experience the same level of success me and my friends have. Break open that vision, girl. DM me on Instagram at Oldridge, and I will send you a link to book a free strategy call with one of my success coaches today. Let's do this.